0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to an episode of Impactful Conversations. I hope that this finds you well, wherever you're listening to this. My name is Tafadzwan Blovu and thank you for listening to this episode. So on the show, I interview and speak to individuals who are making a difference in their world. Individuals who have a different way of thinking and are forming as leaders in their respective fields. I'd love to hear some of your feedback on the episode, either by writing us a review or giving us a five-star rating, in the podcast app that you're listening to right now or by heading over to our website which is impactfulconversations.co.za. We also have a YouTube channel where you can go there and search Impactful Conversations and you'll find us over there as well. We also have a newsletter that we do every month with some of the content from our episodes along with some interesting pieces that we have come across. Anyway, wherever you're listening to this, I hope you sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hi there everyone and welcome to episode 28 of Impactful Conversations. Um, thank you so much for joining us today and um, I'm thrilled Uh, to have with me as a guest, uh, Ryan Rickleton, who I'll introduce to you in just a moment. Um, But thank you so much once again for tuning in um, to Impactful Conversations. Just a reminder, if this isn't your first time listening to one of our podcasts, you can catch um, more of our episodes um, either on our YouTube channel or Apple Podcasts, podcast our spotify podcast and our google podcast um as well you just go to either of those and you just search impactful conversations and we also have a website that you can check out which is impactfulconversations.co.za and yeah super thrilled like i said to get back you know down to business um to be uh, joined by Ryan Rickleton. He is a professional cricketer uh, who plays for the Imperial Lions uh, and the Jersey Stars and he's also recently been called up to the Pro t 20 squad and um, yeah he's a wonderful hes a wonderful batsman, a wonderful human and a wonderful person all together. Um, Ryan thank you so much uh, for joining me. How are you doing uh, this morning?
1: Oh, morning tough. Um, thank you so much for obviously having me on the um on your impactful conversations podcast looking forward to it been a a busy start to the morning but um yeah like I said here we are and uh, looking forward to our our conversation wonderful wonderful yeah
0: and I'm uh, thrilled to chat to you Ryan um you know it's 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 uh, you're someone who I've known for almost eleven years now, actually, right. um, and you know, thrilled to actually be be having this discussion. So I'm quite keen to get stuck into it. And I think um, so. Obviously, I, I know you quite well, and I probably know the answer to the question that I'm about to ask you. Um, you know, and uh, you and I have a unique, actually, a, a more unique relationship, is that you and I were born on the same day, actually, right. <laughs> same day, same right. year. <laughs> so, um, I do know you fairly well, um, yeah. so. Just for those who don't know you though, um, yeah, just briefly, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, where where you were born and where you grew up. Um, yeah, so where were you born and where did you grow up, uh, you know, in South Africa or the world and so on?
1: Yeah, so pretty much a South African Joburg um, my whole life. Uh, yeah, I was born here just down the road at Sandton Clinic, um, 96, obviously, same time as you, I guess uh yeah i lived here my whole my whole life um went to school at crawford when i was young crawford santon and i was very very young and then um was fortunate enough to go to sythians when i think i was grade one or two um and then yeah we i lived at saints for for the for the majority of those years as my dad was a teacher there and yeah that kind of taken me to where i am today
0: yeah yeah awesome and that's you know obviously where you and i met right i'm curious you know just another sort of introductory question is, you know, who are your uh, cricketing role models, if you had to, you know, list one or two?
1: I think it's it's changed over the years. Um, mm. When I was younger, I used to really enjoy the the old Australian guard, um, you know, Ricky Pontings and Mike Husseys. Um, but as yep. it's changed it's changed recently to probably players I play with, um, guys like uh, Rassi van der Dissen, Riza Hendricks, Dominic Hendricks, guys mm. that are more... You know, I, I, I relate to them a lot more than I do, obviously, the big superstars in the world. Um, obviously, they're still, still the guys you want to be like. But, um, yeah, the, the guys that I play with are probably more of my role models um, and guys that I enjoy a lot more now.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And so if we if we had to dive into the cricketing journey, right, as a whole, um, I'm quite keen to you know, get your, your take on this. Um, and I'm sure you know anybody listening is probably you know quite quite keen to get stuck into this. I I want to know from you, um, what inspired you to you know start playing cricket? Where did that where did that start for you? Um, um, and I guess another question is you know when it started? Were you always? I, I know you're a wicketkeeper batsman, um, but were you always that at the beginning? Or you know did it start in another way?
1: uh t- to be honest um it probably started more with my dad than anything um i love being outside um never you know never had a phone like or any of those things that people have today um like i said we were lucky enough to live at saints um and that is one big playground when you're five six seven eight years old it still is even when you're 18 years old um so i kind of started there i'd always nag my dad take me down i used to love rugby i of a lot with um with him and Cricket also, I really, I really got in, engaged with it. Um, my dad was an old cricketer as well, played for mm.
0: Um
1: So we either playing rugby or cricket, and then squash came along as well. And so it's it really came from my parents um, down the line, and um, yeah, like I said, I, I know my dad. I really, I really likes cricket. I liked hitting things, you know, bat and ball kind of kind of sports. Uh, squash and yeah. cricket really, really took to me. Um, and, like I said, if I'm saying so, lucky enough to spend a hell of a lot of time in the nets there. I mean, I used to wake my dad up, it's, you know, six o'clock, and we going to the nets before school, kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, you know, I just fell in love with the game. Wicket um, keeping almost uh, probably started when I was in the prep school. And I only did it because no one else actually wanted to do it. And, you know, I quite enjoyed it as well. Um, and I guess, you know, me, my, my love for sports and outside and, you know, doing things, you know, kind of keeps me going. So, wasn't just cricket from the younger age like i said it was squash running tennis everything i could actually get my my hands on um and i think it just over time it grew into something i actually got yeah, you know and i was i was getting a lot better very quickly and mm. it was probably my most enjoyable sport and it just obviously has grown with me from from a from probably five or six years old
0: yeah so i mean that's that's incredibly interesting right and i'm quite curious you know so as you've obviously grown up you know the so this started off as something that you did um you know from quite a young age as you say um but when did this when did the cricketing dream become serious so when did you decide that actually this this thing i'm actually quite good at this thing Um, and i probably want to do this thing you know quite seriously when did that decision take place um
1: it probably it probably started from a young age like i said i was very competitive and i was training i was doing a lot of stuff and i was getting better all the time um Mm. probably first came a bit of a reality when i made the the heart thing on the 13 side um we had a good side and i think once i you know once i got into there i said okay well you know at least it looks like i can potentially get somewhere in this game obviously you're still 13 you don't really know what's happening um yeah. But it just kind of made me want to get better and better. So, from the under 13 side, I wanted to make the 15s the next year and the 17s or the 19s. Um, I think probably under 15, uh, we played the interprovincial tournament and I ended up with the, the most runs there. And so I did, yeah, you know, I was a player of the tournament there. Mm-hmm. And I think kind of from there, I settled in into saying, okay, well, you know, I think I, think I might have what it takes to be good enough. Um, and I guess I have the facilities, the opportunity to get better at it every single day. And, um, and I kind of took it from there. Like I say, obviously, you don't realize uh, yeah. until you, you, know, you, you think you're good enough, but you, know, you kind of have to prove it to yourself. And even when I got into the sets setup, you still get a little bit jittery. But I think until you until you can work out and prove to yourself that you are good enough, and that probably happened from when I was 15, and a constant reminder, even when I was 19 or 18 and I got into the team, that you that you are good enough. Um, and it's, I'm probably sitting in the same boat again now with the South African side. Am I good enough to play? It's the same questions being asked. So it's to the point where you kind of have to do it to remind yourself that you are. But I like to think that knowing myself and knowing my game, that now I am good enough to go to go far in it. Um, and I yeah, obviously want to pursue that and, and see where it takes me.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you had to, I mean, has there been a, a defining moment um, for you as a cricketer? Maybe a, a knock that you made, you know, or uh, an innings that yeah. you had um, that has sort of defined you as a cricketer, you know, in the past?
1: Uh, I could pinpoint many, um, but probably the, the best one I, I could say is probably when I was 19 or 18, at uh, 18 in matric, at we had our, again, our IPT. Um, and our Coke week tournament was in Pretoria and, um, I did my, I dislocated my knee going into that. So I was on the back of no training. Um, mm. and you know, I was just racing to get, to be fit on time. Um, cause I didn't really have a hell of a lot behind me going into it. So there wasn't a lot of work done to go into that weekend. I ended up probably batting the best I've ever batted in my collective 19 years as a person at that stage. And, um, sure. everything just kind of clicked for me. And it, and it happened. I think, and it, it always boils down to what sits in your head. And I can put it down to probably the fact that because I hadn't done a hell of a lot of work, um, obviously cricket-wise because I was injured, um, mm. there was less expectation on myself from myself. Um, there was less pressure on me as a person. from that, where I was, I wasn't putting a hell of a lot on me. I was just happy to be playing again. And I think that was probably the moment where I was like, okay. And I, like I said, I, better, I played really well. Um. And it was kind of the point where, you know, I, I was really chuffed and it was probably the moment where I thought, OK, we can we can move forward with this. Mm,
0: mm, mm. And if we sort of reflect on your, you know, still short career, you know, as a cricketer, um, mm. what are, you know, two or three lessons or key lessons that you've learned on the field?
1: Sure. <laughs> been there's been a hell of a lot of things I've learned on the field it's a it's a continuous learning game cricket mm-hmm. um you never you never you haven't seen it all you never will see it all <laughs> um, but uh there's, there's so many there's so many things that comes down to it. it's everyone wants to be the best everyone wants to and everyone wants it now um a massive thing I learned in in cricket is is patience um you have to be patient and it's all I think it all boils down to what sits in between your ears at the end of the day I think obviously you know hard work your discipline your sacrifice is I think natural in any industry if you want to make it to the top Mm. um but it boils down to obviously patience and and how you think about the game personally for me how you think about the game how you how you train it, it becomes quite specific um and 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 how you relate to yourself in a way you have to you have to be a, obviously you have to be a, your best friend at the same time because yeah. personally I'm probably my worst enemy at the same time as well so it's a constant struggle between one or the other um, probably patience is, is the most um, key discipline you obviously need to just trust your process what what you what you have out and you just got to keep plugging away and yes mm. that comes down to patience and just keep doing the same thing day in and day out until you know, until it until it clicks, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's incredibly powerful, right? And and uh, you know, thank you, thank you for sharing that. I think that that is quite profound. And um, we 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 started off, you know, fairly quite deep and, and fairly quickly. <laughs> 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 so, so let me let me bring our uh, our heart rates down a little bit and you know bring mm-hmm. our blood pressure down a little bit. So you know, just just you know, to walk me through. Um, What's a typical day in the life of a professional cricketer? And I guess I'll contextualise this question, um, you know, to say with, you know, when it's cricket season particularly. And I guess I'd also be curious to know when it's off season as well. You know, what's a typical day in your life?
1: Um, well, right now we just finished our season. Um, as for example, last week during game days, we play a lot of four-day games, so we up early. Um, you know, I probably get to the ground just before or just after hopper seven, hopper seven around there, and we play the whole games. We leave at about seven after the day's play. Um, you obviously review the day, so that's kind of how a, a day in the in a match situation would go. Um, week's where we training is a bit different. Um, like I said, I'm I'm quite an active guy, so I get up early. I like I like running, so I will go for a run most day, most mornings. Um, yeah. six o'clock, seven o'clock, I go for a run. Um. And then we go to uh, practice from about 10, 10 till about one o'clock. Um, and that's just more obviously skill-based, team-based. It all obviously reflects on what, you, what you're looking to do. Mm. Um, and we'll finish about one o'clock with our fielding, our, our, all of our cricket specifics. Um, now I'll come home. Like I said, I'm a busy guy, so I'll probably go to gym as well after that and yeah and then obviously personal hobbies come into it um what other guys like to do like i said i'm busy i'll read a bit i'll run i'll i'll play a bit of golf in the afternoon if there's time um Mm -hmm. so obviously then that's like i say you finish a day at around one o'clock and everyone has their own personal things they want to do yeah um off season's a bit different for us it's a bit difficult um in terms of so now there's there's uh we're off for probably about three months now three four months now so it gets quite long so what a lot of guys do is that we get the opportunity to go to england and play as overseas pros in either club teams or county teams um and yeah so you get the opportunity to go live in england whatever county or city is is interested in you Um, and usually go over probably now end of march beginning of april and you come back um, end of august um it's yeah sometime in august and you obviously go be the the overseas pro for them mm. and as soon as you get back into South Africa it's straight back into training um, so it all it all depends on the players a lot of players don't like going to England um, a lot yeah. of players do like going to England I, I love it this year is obviously a bit tricky with COVID and the quarantine and a lot of companies in England are struggling financially as well so it impacts um, a lot of players but for me personally, this winter, um, I'll take probably you know, a couple of weeks off now, um, give myself a bit of a break. Um, and then actually, I'm interested in doing some more um, internships. Like I said, I have a degree. I want to kind of extend that road um, for potential life after cricket or definite life after cricket. And yeah, uh, yeah I'll go out there and try learn a few things.
0: Yeah, yeah, that sounds that sounds quite interesting. It sounds like it's going to be a a very interesting uh, you know winter up ahead um, yeah. for you. Um, so <laughs> something which I remember um, in my you know brief time as a as a you know a, a cricketer, um, you know, a part, I call myself more of like a part timist really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> more like a part time Australian. Really. Um I, I mostly played cricket because it was off season for rugby at the time. So
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> like, well, this is a good way to keep fit, you know. But there's something there's something which um we used to do, which is the bleep test. And you know, for anybody listening, yeah. it was a it was a fitness test where basically um you know, you would start off I think you'd have to run I think it's like twenty-two meters or so, and you have to get to yeah. the other side, um You know before the beep goes off and then every you know every sort of minute or two the time between the beeps gets shorter and you know then you eventually go up you know a couple little i'm curious do you guys still do that (laughs) like is it still it's a thing it's it's changed the the beep
1: test was a pointless thing i think as any up here (laughs) it still is in my eyes um we do a bit more specifics now it went it went away from the beep test to um repeat sprints, uh, okay. literally shuttles. It's yeah. probably about a 250 meter shuttle in 45 seconds. And then, you know, uh, 30 seconds off 10 times. Yeah. So it's And then it's gone away from that as well. And now we do the yo-yo, um, which is similar to the beep yeah. test. But yeah, it's similar to the beep test. You climb levels, it gets quicker, same distance. But in between, I think you have 20, whatever, you have X amount of seconds to get there and back. And then you get 10 seconds off. Uh, And you get there and back and you get 10 seconds off. So they they said that's more cricket specific because you use short bursts of energies or, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I don't know. I don't find them overly difficult, these tests. Um, But uh, (laughs) they are quite frustrating to do because come testing day, obviously uh, you have to beat what you've done the year before. And yeah, at the end of the day, it's a hell of a lot of running, um, a lot of, you know, a lot of weights and specifics. And it can get a bit frustrating.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember those days. I remember those days especially, um and there were so many tests. And we also had, I think, in Rugby, you had the Cooper the Cooper's test. Yes,
1: I remember that. I mean, it was also
0: How far could you run in in twelve minutes? I remember that. Yeah, it was sure. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, so that that wasn't
1: like, that was hard. That
0: that was that was quite difficult. Hey, like I yeah. I think at the beginning, you know, when I heard about it, I was like, well. This can't be too difficult you're just running for 12 minutes you know, it's like it's yeah. it's it can't be too hard yeah and then it, you know you realize you're actually running flat out you know for 12 mm,
1: minutes for 12 minutes is difficult we've actually moved now they've progressed to what we do now is a 2k time trial
0: okay
1: and that's yeah so that's it's not overly difficult you have nine minutes to do the two 2 k's it's four. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 quick if you. I think you know, if you're running long distance, um, but I think two yeah. Ks you can you can really push yourself and you should be able to get there. Um, yeah. but yeah. like I said, if you run a seven minute thirty, you expect it to beat your score. Or the next time you do, uh, ten seconds, fifteen seconds. So then it gets a little bit desperate and quite hot.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Okay, yeah. so I Not I done. I wanted to talk about um. You know, pursuing excellence, which is something which you obviously do as a as a professional, you know, sports person, and something which I've always known you to do. Um, you know, even before you know you left high school, and I'm quite curious to get your your take on this. And you know, firstly to to start off with, and I think part of part of pursuing excellence comes with you know dealing with with pressure. Um, you know. Particularly at the highest level, and, and in your profession, there is a lot of that. There is a lot of you know pressure to perform at the yeah. highest level, um, and I'm quite curious how you deal with that. And if you do find it difficult, um, yeah. So how do you sort of cope with that?
1: Yeah, there's always there's always pressure. I think in everything you do, um, internally is probably the biggest pressure you're always going to face. There's obviously um, game situation, future selection. There's so many different avenues of it. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. with regards to being selected for your own team um, for, to want to play higher honours, um, yeah, it, it it is difficult. And like I said, you're always learning about it, and you're always learning about yourself. The more pressure you get into, you you start to learn different things about yourself. Um, the interesting thing, I, pressure is obviously it's always there, but it, it's always for me, it's always what you make of it. Um, yeah, I'm sure. I've obviously never been in a World Cup semi-final. There's massive pressure. But at the end of the day, it's a, it's a different kind of pressure. And at the end of the day, um, it always boils down to basics, I think, in cricket. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's a guy running in with a ball and he's looking to, to knock you over. And, and it's all about how you think and, and cope in that moment. So over time I've learned, you know, when the pressure gets on, you have to do something you you really don't. Um, it's more just about sticking to your basics and, and from watching guys and learning about myself, um, as well, the guys that perform really well and the pressure have, you know, done 10,000, 20,000 hours on their basics. And they always have something they can revert back to. Um, and I think that's probably the key point in, in dealing with it. Um, is that you always have something to trust. If you don't have anything to trust in in the moment in time, you you got no chance. Um, so you know it's it's more about calming yourself down. Yes, you acknowledge that it's there. You acknowledge that you know this needs to be done. But it's more about can you can you take the step away, look at it from another perspective, and not get rushed into the whole thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of players, I've done it. Many, many players have done it, and many will many players will continue to do it. Is that you once you get caught up in it, you know. Your heart's going. You're thinking ahead. You're doing this, and you actually forget about the moment. Um, and that's probably the biggest learning that I've, I've had it in, in cricket. Now, is just more about living in the moment. It sounds so cliche, because it really is. But it's something I struggle dealing with as well, is because I, I get a I can get a bit far ahead, a bit too far ahead of myself. And you look at the bigger picture. You look at you know what you need to do, and you forget about the moment and the basics and I think with dealing with it it's more about staying in the moment really being present at where you are right now and having your basics to trust along with your cricketing tactics plans and all those kind of things which gets done outside of the pressure situation
0: Mm, mm, i think that it's it's exceptionally profound right and um you know i think what, what stands out there to me is yeah, you, you almost do have to sort of live in the moment, as is a cliche saying, but it's is
1: it is it is, cliche, it is cliche. I remember reading Richie McCaw's book and he said, you know, I'm sure every running out for the All Blacks must be terrifying, but there's so much expectations, so much pressure on you. And his whole thing was, you know, when he gets out there, you know, he stamps his feet and he looks at the four corners. Yeah. And that pulls that pulls him into where he is. It's not now, it's not about what happened yesterday or what happened at home or, you know, last week. It's about, okay, I'm here now. It's a packed house at Eden Park. You see, whatever I snap my feet, so I look at the four corners and you know, I'm at Eden Park playing against XYZ. Now it's time yeah. to, you know, time to bring everything you have into that moment and, and really be there for that moment. And if you're not if you if you half if you're half in, half out of it. You got you don't really have much of a chance, I think, personally, and and gaining that insight from from other sports codes. Um and it's interesting we chat to all the different guys. I was fortunate enough to chat to uh Christian hope uh, who's he's doing really well in the golf, and his coach, yes. and he just said, like obviously different ass different sport, but you know, the mentality still is the same and same thing back to basics in the moment. What what does it tell me? What I need to do. These are my basics. Pull yourself away and really live in, you know, the, the contact, the striking of the ball, all the all other golf specifics. But it's just so it's so important to just really, really being where you are right now and not letting your mind wander.
0: Yeah, it's 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 being present, right? It's it's actually mm. sometimes what makes us nervous is the fact that we're not fully present. We're focusing on, you know, the occasion. We're focusing on. The consequence of bad performance mm. kind of focusing on so many things where actually what you need to do is be present and be clear about you know what it is that you're actually going to do and the book you referenced richard mccall it's a it's a fantastic book so i'd you know, recommend mm. that to anybody who hasn't really get uh it's called i think it's called the great mccall right i think it's called the great
1: yeah that's, yeah.
0: yeah yeah so it's a fantastic book to to mm. read you know just around the psychological aspect to dealing with you know pressure situations so so thank you for for sharing that and you know, speaking of situations, um, you know, tell me about a time, uh, you know, where you went through a, you know, probably a bit of a dry spell. Um, uh, every single, you know, sports person has this where things are not going so well. Um, you know, despite your efforts, despite your practice and so on. Um, you know, I'd, I'd extend that to people as well. There are times really? you know, where life, you know, doesn't go the way we want it to go. Um, And, you know, in sport, that's analogous to performance and, you know, going through, you know, a bit of a dry spell. Um, And for yourself, I'm quite curious to know, you know, and to get a bit of a window insight into how you dealt with that, you know, if you went through it.
1: I did. I actually went through one, (laughs) what, four weeks ago, not even. um, When we got back from Pakistan, we went straight from that bubble into the Durban bubble for the Mm -hmm. the domestic T20 competition. And... it was, yeah, I felt like I was batting well, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't get a, I couldn't get a run. I was, I was given out a couple of times. I wasn't out. It just mm-hmm. wasn't working. Um, and like I said, it's, it's, uh, it's easy to get into the whole. you know, it's easy to let the, the wheel turn there and just, you know, keep being hard on yourself and trying harder, trying harder. Um, probably the thing i think most about that moment when you, um you know when it's not working for you is, is not to try too hard actually. Yeah. Um it doesn't mean you don't practice, but it doesn't a lot of a lot of guys, I've done it as well. When you when you're out of neck or something's not going, you you really overdo it and you really look for things that aren't there. Mm. Um and you try extra hard, you you know you you hit if you hit a hundred balls, you go and hit four hundred balls and you just keep you just you just do too much. Um so yeah probably a thing I learned is just to be a bit more relax with the game from that perspective and it's not to try too hard um obviously like i say you have to keep trusting with the work you're doing you you always revert back to your basics because they've been successful before they will be successful again Mm. um and it's more it's it's all about how you control it i think in your head um yeah as a as a a cricketer as a batter specifically you're going to fail more times than you are than you aren't um yeah, And I think you you have to wrap your head around that. Obviously no one likes failure, but, um, and it's just from that perspective, if you accept that you can't be too hard on yourself. Um, and that's why I mean, don't try too hard. Uh, obviously you put your head down and you keep working, but yeah. don't, don't take it to the next level. Um, and you gotta have faith that you are good enough you and things will work out. Um, in my case, uh, I had a horrible T20 tournament in Durban. I couldn't get a run. The next game mm. outside of that bubble, I almost got a double hundred kind of thing. So yeah. it's all about just, I think, just trying to hold hold yourself together in the time of um in the time of need or time of desperation, I guess, and uh, mm-hmm. have faith that just keep doing the same thing that that the wheel will turn and it will at some stage.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think the point that you made about you know not trying too hard, often we almost end up. You know, firstly, trying too hard. Secondly, sure. changing our routine. You know, yeah. we must. there must be something I'm doing wrong. There must be, you know, you end up getting flustered, really. Um, mm. Whereas, actually, you know, what you're referring to is just trusting the process. And that, you know, eventually, yeah. you know, your hard work will pay off. And not overdoing that hard work um, doesn't yeah. always equal, you know, the results to come through.
1: Yeah, probably the biggest thing I learned with regards to that is just, it's just being relaxed with the game. Um, yeah. You know, you, everyone, like I said, everyone has the expectations. Everyone wants to be the best. Um, and not everyone can be the best. But if you relax with the game, um, I think it takes off that extra bit of weight. Whether you're doing well or not, what people are saying or not, I think it just takes that extra bit off that at the end of the day. It's cliche again. It is a game. But, yeah. and, you know, everyone's striving to be the best in that game. But there's so many pressures from all over, all over the shop you don't need that extra bit of pressure from yourself and you'll find that the pressure from yourself is the most difficult one to deal with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and if, you, if you're consistently letting yourself down or worried about letting yourself down, thing is it will end up eating you alive. And, yeah. you know, that's why I, I find that being more relaxed with it and not trying too hard in times of need is probably the best way just to give yourself the mental edge or the mental relief over it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's quite profound. That's incredibly profound. And speaking of, you know, sort of the mental side of things, you, you, you obviously have quite a lot of competition in your profession. Um, right. You know, and and this is nothing new. Um, you've always had it. You know, from probably from the beginning whenever you started playing cricket. Um, it's kind of like you know when you're in school, you 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 know maybe when you start out some people start out in the a-team and they just you know stay in the a-team their entire time yeah. I, I think um Bismarck dpc came to speak you know at school once and i was shocked to hear that the man never lost a rugby game in high school and it's like that's <laughs> you know that's completely yeah. ludicrous it's completely ludicrous right yeah, um, it's, it's completely ridiculous but naturally you know most people not you know, Bismarck Duplessis, <laughs> but most people right. have you know, competition in high school, although he would have had internal competition, I guess, um, you know, to for that jersey and that spot, um, but naturally you would, you know, get competition, um, you know, within the team that you play in, you know, across the teams, you know, there's always another team that you can get selected for, you know, for example... Yeah if you're in you know high school you have competition for your high school team and then you have competition for your provincial team then you have competition for the national team you know quite curious to know um how do you handle it and um, the competition that you do face and is it any different to now you know at the level that you're at now versus you know when you were younger
1: it, it has changed quite a lot um I think I think in school i was i was fortunate enough because I, I did so much work with my father growing up that I was actually um mm. i was actually a little bit ahead um so my my competition there was always internal it's always you know i want i wanna get a hundred today tomorrow the next yeah. day kind of thing so you know I never really had that that worry i think of selection and all those kind of things um and Like I said, it was all internal and I knew that I knew that I could do well at that level and that would, you know, look, look after all the other things down the road. It did change when I got to the Lions, because now you're in a bigger pool, there are better players, there's older players, there's guys that have been there for years, doing well kind of thing, um, and now you're forced to learn quickly, so... You do. I fell into a trap as well. Where you start looking at your competition. Okay, what's he doing? You know, Ashadika. He he got X amount of runs. I need to get more. Mm. And um, it's uh, you know, and you. you, I think most people fall into that trap um, at at some point in their career. um, But like I said, you you got to get out of that trap because you can't. You can't keep boring about it. um, Yeah. At the end of the day. Um, and then eventually for me personally now it gets to the point where you you get the opportunity okay and, and eventually you become so you become adequate with yourself you know that okay well i have a game to do x y z mm-hmm. um, you know i i am good enough you you ask yourself those questions you you have to prove it to yourself at some point but once you get to that uh, point um everything seems to click and then uh, it's more about competition wise yes even now before South Africa you look okay well, what's this guy doing he got 100 last week I need this yeah but um you know with, with cricket there's so many things that are out of your control and yeah. that's the that's the thing which takes you the longest to realize is that there's so many things that are out of your control from selection to board to finance to the way practice works to the weather to every single thing there's so many things that you cannot control so then it becomes more internal i think um and like i say you just worry about yourself what what, what can you do to get better what are the steps you're taking to get better um and i think once you accept that it's out of your control um you know you you you've made peace with it and it obviously means you continue to strive to work to whatever to play in that team and just know that when you do get that opportunity you you're ready to jump at it and take it with both hands because you, you're you doing the work um and yeah you know, it boils boils down to the same thing just trusting what, what you know what can happen and, and letting it unfold the way it's meant to instead of trying to force it
0: yeah yeah and I think that's that's quite um that's quite an important you know point that you shared there you know around you know, the fact that it doesn't actually really help, you know, looking at what others are doing and how they're going about it, because each and every single person has their own style, they have their own way of doing things. And sometimes, you know, like you said, some things are out of your control. Someone, you know, might have got a lucky break somewhere or, you know, might have got into a really good situation somewhere and so on. So to compare it, you know, wouldn't actually do you any justice or any benefit
1: Yeah. And at the, at the end of the day, you just burn mental energy worrying about it. Um, like I yeah. said, it's out of your control. What's the point in worrying about it? Yes, like I say, you all want to play, you all want to get selected, you all want to do well, and all those kind of things. But it's you know when the opportunity comes, if you, like I said, there's pressure, and if you're worrying about those extra things and you're bringing them upon yourself, you just you know you're giving yourself less of a chance to to do well and perform at whatever opportunity you're getting. And yeah. that's that's one thing I've learned that there's no point in doing it to yourself. There's enough. There's enough to worry about. Yeah. you don't need to add things that you can't control. <laughs> to it?
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You're quite right. You're quite right. And I think that's that's an incredibly profound point. Um, Ryan, in closing, um, I I want to ask you um, to originally I, I thought I'd ask you to share advice to to young cricketers, but I'm changing that now slightly. You know, to you know, what advice would you give to young professionals um, in general um, from what you've learned, you know, so far in your career? Um, you know, just in closing, you know, what are two or three p- pieces of advice that you would give?
1: Uh, <laughs> put me on the spot with regards to that. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, growing up, obviously, as a, a, the quicker you learn, the best the best chance you have. Um, in, in cricket, we're fortunate enough or unfortunate enough in the team that we have you know our average age is 30 so there's a wealth of experience around me um yeah. it's so uh, i think from that perspective it's always important to latch on to those kind of guys Experience is everything yeah. um learn take as like ask ask some questions sit with them go out for dinner we do a lot of traveling so i've always myself going out for dinner with the guys who are older than me um not because I didn't want to hang on with the guys my age, but you know, that gives me the best chance of actually learning something. So from yeah. that perspective, always be open just to asking them the hard questions. Don't you know you have to feel vulnerable at some point, and yeah. being open to help. Um, not everyone, not everyone can help you, and not every bit of advice you get is necessarily going to help you. Um, yeah. And you can't take everything on board uh, as well. So it's always like I say, then it reverts back to maybe knowing yourself and. And sitting with what what piece of advice is you think will benefit you as well? Um, yeah. Yeah. So probably just like I said, sit with the guys. You know, learn as much as you can from the most experienced people in the room, yeah. and the successful people in the room, and uh, you know, be open to to being vulnerable. Be open to help. Uh, you can't do it on your own. Um, so. be open to those kind of things and whatever advice you get make sure it matches into who you are as a person no matter what industry you're in um, and try and make it work to the best of your ability and just keep keep your head down keep going um, in any any industry and just keep plugging away do the same things do the right things and you know usually hopefully it will work out um, as long as you keep investing in it.
0: Yeah, it's some uh, it's some brilliant advice. I think um, that's really some good advice. Even though you are on the spot, that was brilliant. Um, you know, so thank you for that. And I think you know anybody listening to this is probably you know quite grateful to have heard that and to you know hopefully internalise that. You know, help them to to change their world for for the better. And Ryan, um, I just want to thank you so much um, for a chat that's, you know, absolutely flown by. I didn't even... Mm, It was was going
1: quickly.
0: Yeah, it just went so quickly. Um, You know, time flies, I guess, when you're having fun. Um, Thank you so much for, you know, coming on to um, Impactful Conversations. I want to thank you for the knowledge um, that you've shared. I think it's been extremely insightful um, and encouraging and, you know, inspirational as well. I think no matter, you know, what, what industry you're in, the points that you've shared, you know, are pertinent, I think, to, you know, winning, you know, at everything, uh, you know, that you actually do. And, you know, I just want to thank you so much for, you know, availing that knowledge to us, sharing that with us. Um, and I hope that, you know, those words will carry and reverberate, you know, to those who are listening to this and, and beyond. And I also hope that you've enjoyed, you know, being a part of, of the show and I hope that you've enjoyed this experience as well.
1: I definitely have. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity and thank you for having me.
0: Awesome. And uh, to you, the listener, I just want to say thank you once again for, uh, you know, checking out the podcast. I, um you know, would encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, whether it's, you know, on the YouTube channel, Apple podcast or uh, Spotify podcast or Google podcast. Um you know, subscribe to the channel so that, you know, you can find out, you know, when our next episodes come out. Um, But I just want to thank you so much for listening to the show. I hope that you're all well and I hope that you're all healthy. Um, But from Ryan and myself, until we meet again, take care and bye-bye. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening to the episode. hope that you're impacted positively and that you found substance and significance. To stay up to date with the latest episodes, Subscribe to this podcast and give it a five star rating. You can also check out and subscribe to our episodes in video format on the Impactful Conversations YouTube channel. Do head over to our website, impactforconversations.ca.za, for more details about the show, as well as to give us any feedback of how you found the show and to send through your questions to our future guests. Thank you to all of you who have listened, subscribed, and given us feedback. It really does mean an incredible deal. But anyway, until the next episode, Bye-bye, stay safe, stay healthy, and wash your hands.